<coughs> so there are several reasons why I've uh, been cultivating and teaching various forms of Qigong over the last decade or so when I do retreats. Mm. Um, just, it helps to realign the body. You get uh, Often we are overpowered, strengthened up in the shoulders and the face and quite uh, absent in other parts of the body, particularly lower back, which so without this crucial sense of being supported then we end up holding ourselves and that constricts everything and that constriction goes from the body into the mind you get a constricted mind so we're trying to hold on it's a reflex it's not a conscious decision it's just a reflex so learning how you know we can also sustain a focus which is focused but it doesn't feel constricted, it just feels a steady holding focus. And you feel also a different kind of energy than the energy that you get with um, the power muscles or the power volitions, you know, a volitional energies, Sankara, <coughs> when they tend to get a lot of um, uh, emphasis on Powering, which means getting things done, affecting, changing, achieving, and all that. There's a lot of emphasis on that kind of thing being the way to live, you know, get ahead, and so forth. And it's very much associated with a movement in time towards a future goal. And then for certain lifestyle strategies, that's that's the way it is, and that's you know that's how you operate, and may, that's okay, I guess. But uh, it's very poor when it comes round to being finding deepening interiors and being at peace with oneself, because it's always got to move forward in time, and it tends to only go into sort of powering or collapse. So when you don't power forward, then you sort of just cave in, <laughs> or veg, veg out, <laughs> which is the general, could be the pattern for people who operate a lot long term on those, in those ways. You know, you work your 14 hour day or whatever it is, and then just hit the, hit the couch and switch something on and kind of, you know, because <laughs> that, that's, you know, you've just over, overdone it, really. <coughs> there was a, so we also find that energy quite convincing. It's, it's vital, it's, it's getting things done, we feel powered up by it, it floods us, and that can be very affirming you know, in terms of our strength or our capacities. And you get kind of hooked on that, on that energy. It's bright, fiery, feel strong, feel ground, you know, feel really here. But it has to keep doing something. 
That's, that's the problem. It has to keep doing something to, to keep itself going. So it's not really much good for being. Uh, just being present. No, but that's not the only way that energy can happen. So what I'm trying to encourage in Qigong is, is a touching into and recognizing a different kind of energy, which isn't about power, it's about presence, sustaining, open, steady presence. And there's a certain vitality that happens with that. And uh, has a mental effect. The mind kind of is still, quiet, sensitive. And it is being held, but there isn't anybody holding it. We don't get that same trying to control it. It just finds a steady state. Now, that's what comes around if if this works for you doesn't necessarily always work for everybody. It's what, what happens for me when I do it. <clears throat> so it's good for the posture, good for the energy, and it helps to also really understand the uh, Kaya Sankara, the energy, the activation which operates breathing. So we expand our awareness of breathing beyond just the sensations of the air striking the nose or the throat or the flexing of the of the of the physical form that's what the kaisankara does that's what it brings around but we can also just tune into the energy that does that you know because i don't do it it just happens something's doing it mm. And that's what we call Kaya Sankara. It's the energy which operates the breathing. It's intelligent, which means it knows when the breathing is stopped. It knows when to start breathing in. It knows what particular muscles to flex to get that going. So it swells the abdomen, pulls the diaphragm down, gets the chest to open up. So it operates... The, these tissues in the body and it, in a sense of it moderates the breathing in accordance with what energy is required and it knows how to breathe out and yeah isn't it great <coughs> that we don't have to keep figuring that out because what, how would you ever get a night's sleep mm. <coughs> So this energy can, is intelligent, it can do it for you. And it changes its breath rate in accordance with uh, um, what other activations are going. So if we feel, uh, the body feels the need to power up, to defend itself, then it breath rate changes. Sleepy, breath rate changes. Um, and uh, so on. So there's association with particular primary emotional patterns. Mm. Now the emotional pattern we are really trying to remember, touch into, is it is the pattern of just feeling comfortable being held. It's like the very basic one that's there at our birth, you know, being held, feeling held, feeling safe, feeling comfortable. You know, that that's what we look for as the as the optimal uh, 
state, feeling safe, feeling comfortable, feeling held. Everything around me is safe and benevolent, in front of me, behind me, above me. Ground is solid beneath me, feeling steady, comfortable, and all the muscles know that. Now, even though we know this intellectually, we may not know it on a reflexive level. There may be still a sort of compulsive feeling of having to hold just in case. Mm. You have to sort of keep asking your body, is it okay here? Can you just come into that more fundamental ground state? What we call the, the basic state of breathing. When one's life is highly activated, and there is a lot of, uh, say, anxiety and pressures, then we may have don't have much of a reference to that, that what I call the basic state. We go from overpower to underpower, you know, full on to to slump. And somehow right in the, between that, you know, or instead of that we have the steady state is kind of purring, ticking over, alert, comfortable. So that, so you know, really remembering or touching into that here. So, and this is no time. Time is associated with the movement, particular activation of the of the nervous system, gives us the sense of time. So there's either not enough time, that means your nervous system's racing. There's too much time, bored, nervous system's kind of hasn't got anything to 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 relate to. So we just feel floundering, and then something starts restlessly jumping around trying to find something to hook onto reflex that that's time time is not something that happens in clocks clocks are just machines the time is a sense that occurs within us of momentum or inertia so you know we don't want either of those really you don't want the momentum of having to get somewhere nor do you want the inertia where your mind goes stale and stagnant. There's a sense of really in touch feeling and say the movement or the inclination to help change oneself from the time sense is into the space sense. So we translate time into space. Is the space around me comfortable? How much space is there? Using this kind of reference. Time creates a narrowing, an urgency, or a loss of space, you're floundering around in vacuity, um, inertia. But a comfortable space, that felt sense of that, so softening, widening into a comfortable, comfortable, connected space. And again, this is something you can experience in, in the Qigong. Another couple of things that help with that is when we operate in that way, in those exercises you're doing, things like deliberate as loosening, loosening everything up, connecting, as things get loosened up, then we 
begin to feel more like a unified body connecting to all of it rather than bits and pieces sort of tacked together one bit operating everything else inert or somewhere else everything is sympathetic um, a st- stretch what a stretch feels like a certain sharpening and extending the stretch experience stretching, sharpening, extending you know, a little bit of push there and then from that then releasing the stretch and staying there not going somewhere else but releasing and staying present as we come out of a stretch and feeling oh kind of opening releasing vitality running through so you're not going anywhere else you stay on site <coughs> on track and you notice the change from the sharpened stretched energy to the vital presence and both and they they cooperate the more you feel sense of presence then the more you're your stretch can be moderated and this way you you generate energy and you you keep your energy well tuned well serviced so it's not lurching or spasming or jumping forward or sort of uh, slumping As with the body, so with the well, so with the mind. We have the uh, uh, the men, uh, mind and using the, all of the faculty of mind, faculties of mind, and we have attention, which is our ability to form, frame up a focus. You know, so when you frame up something, you create a boundary. See, just this. Just this, and then you can sharpen that boundary. Really, just this. Really, just this. That's the stretch. That's the. Mm. And then you can release that into something more. You loosen the boundary of your attention. Just oh, what's the overall feeling now? And then again, stretching into an attention. That point there, and then from that point to the whole thing so this way helps the attention also to learn to be flexible so it's not just one or the other it doesn't just kind of stay seized up nor does it just stay loose we can flex and then you find there's a in that flexing uh, you might find a particular general frame of reference feels about middle comfortable and then you can intensify from there or you can relax from there so you get a kind of basic the base state of attention which you can then shift you know just notice with your eyes when you have your eyes open what feels a comfortable focus where your eyes feel restful now if you open your eyes you're trying to see everything through that 180 degrees, you, you can just about do that. All the forms will tend to go faded and fuzzy, but it takes quite an effort to stay that. 
more. And then you can focus right down to, you know, one nail head on the floor, or whatever it is, some speck on the floor, and you can hold that focus, and that's really sharp. You find somewhere in the middle, you can have about, probably about uh, 20, 25% of your full focal width. That feels about norm, you know. And then I can tighten down, or I can open up from that. There's a, a norm which is probably about the width of your your face, you know, say about 20-25% of your full visual field seems to be about the normal rest state of your visual attention. Hmm? But it can flex, can't it? Now the same thing with the mental attention. What's your normal norm state and then realizing you can sharpen it, tighten it up, or you can loosen it. And both of those are possible and, and they, they help to keep the, the uh, attention. It's, it's like servicing it because it gets stiff. So learning to attend and we're tending to say breathing in and breathing out. First of all, very loose, just the overall sense of am I breathing at all? Is anything there? Then you, focus, then you can focus down to one particular sensation that you find. You, know, you can rest on that, and then you can shift to something wider, moving backwards and forwards. Like that, till you, till you feel you've, you've found your norm, which feels about, yeah, right. And this isn't, this isn't always the case, that, that we have a normal attention. As I say, characteristic the attention could be high degree of specific, very sharp focus in the working day or when you're doing your stuff, and then kind of very loose and un un unpatrolled, un, unsupervised. Other times, just kind of loosens right up. Just then it gets captured by whatever object comes along, just catches your attention, it zings off, because one isn't supervising it. So, learning to supervise attention. Contact, our ability to receive impressions. Again, this gets programmed characteristically by um, the outward senses. (coughs) And... uh, you know, strong degrees of pleasurability or displeasure. You know, we e- easily feel that, and subtler things are less easy to feel. You didn't quite get it. They're subtler. Now we're learning to uh, heighten the receptivity of contact, so we can detect things like the uh, shift from the quite powerful feeling of a full in-breath or full out-breath to the subtler sense when it changes. Learn to, you know, so your attention can also pick up the residual trailing away of energy at the end of the in-breath, the hovering, the pausing, the opening, and and finding in those subtler senses something which encourages a deeper receptivity, attentiveness, 
And uh, what goes along with that is uh, a sense of enjoyment. Because now the, the, the focus is as much on the ability to receive as on what we're receiving. So enjoyment is normally triggered by the object, something powerfully interesting, um, exciting or delicious. And then we're shifting it from not the object, but the subject, that is our ability to fully drink in quite quiet and subtle senses. And then you're taking control over enjoyment. It's no longer hooked up to the comings and goings of the external field. You're connecting it to your own uh, intention. It's quite a powerful shift that, giving a lot of, a lot of autonomy in terms of where you find your pleasure and happiness. So this is an enormous um, advantage to, to just to sense this. Because so many things, it's transformative really. Your whole attitude towards the external shifts when we're no longer asking it to be enjoyable. <laughs> Not this, not enjoyable, but it's just what it is, and then you can let it be what it is. You're no longer so, you know, hungry for it or disappointed by it. It is what it is. You have mastery over your enjoyment faculty. So these are all parts to to uh, bring in and freshen up as we as we meditate. Meditation is this full flowering of the these mental faculties. So we come to you know what is in the body, what is the norm? Again, this is a or say the basic body or the basic breath something that we may have even lost contact with or have not much access to so it's really doesn't come in terms of time it comes in terms of space do you have enough space can you feel a sense of presence that's a locational sense here presence is presence okay is it comfortable is it okay just being present feeling that uh, that question resonating it through the heart and resonating into the body. Is that okay? Or maybe you bring that question into your body, you find your your shoulders just start to wriggle down a bit or your chest opens up. Oh, that feels more comfortable. 
more complete. So we're using that sense of here now space to encourage the body to find its most comfortable basic form. And in the basic breath, basic breathing, that which happens by itself, and how it happens, studying how it happens. Just like you're witnessing a, a form in nature, how a tree grows, how a fish swims, how a organism reaches out. This is a body amongst the bodies. This is the breathing body. This particular form, like something that springs up through the ground, pushes into your inner space, unfolds, floods, flowers, you know, through the upper body, reaches out through the face, up into the head, like a, almost like a plant with its you know, stamens just coming up, the subtler tissues coming up inside the body and you feel an opening and then as if the plant then closes its petals and then recedes again, goes down, the lotus closing and then arising again, form, subtle form. And the first thing is the sense of the, with that basic basic breath is the naturalness of it and that it is a form, it's a a complete form in itself. You're not looking at specific sections of it right now, you want to get the completion of the form and the naturalness of the form and the sense of the space, psychological space, also the physical felt space within which that form can arise, reach up, unfold, spread, and then pause and then fold up again and, you know, descend. (coughs) Being breathed. (coughs) Then the basic attention, what feels like not a strain, basic receptivity, basic attention, so that means what? Well, we're probably going to you know, either close the eyes, you don't have to, but close the eyes or lower the gaze so your attention comes back. But again, you know, do you need to do that? Mm-hmm. What's helpful? Sometimes people benefit from having the eyes just slightly open. It seems to steady things. You get less involved with the mental psychological stuff then so so people think having the eyes open is a distraction actually most of the distraction happens inside your head you can't close your eyes on that one (laughs) sometimes the outer world is a lot more peaceful than the inner one (laughs) so just what's helpful We might notice even with the eyes just slightly open, okay, this isn't razor sharp, but yeah, I'm I'm breathing. Mm. Mm. Feeling the physical effect, the feeling the effect of it, the brightening effect of breathing in, the cooling, dissolving effect of breathing out. Get the effect 
you know, and the effect taking that into the heart. It's not a powerful effect, but it is an effect. Now all this is so it's a holistic approach to to attention and meditation. You're not really you're kind of recognizing the emotional effects, the attention, there was the full subject and the fullness of the object and how the two meet each other. Coming to nature, so we put a, we acknowledge and see what of our psychologies and self-structures and self-directions we don't need now. They may be useful at another time, another situation, but now we want to looking at really stripping down to the basic, all the psychologies and the notions and the goals and so forth as perhaps right now we want to just feel basic breathing natural breathing and put just begin to you know put aside the rest of it what's needed what's helpful And in terms of um, being slightly more active, we might suggest, or I would suggest, say, as you sense your breathing out, that may that that's the time that you want to sharpen because energetically that's the that's the phase of diffusion when we breathe out. It's diffusing, opening, quiet phase. So the mind tends to slip with that. So that may be the time to sharpen. Look at the sense of sharpening your attention on the out breath. And then if you sharpen then okay, in breath, relax. Because the in breath has generally got enough strength and sharpness of its own to hold your attention. See what works in terms of sharpening and loosening. So just so you're finding a skill in holding when attending to, in being mindful of breathing in and breathing out. When we're mindful, we're attentive, we're also receptive. Um, we're sensitive. We, we acknowledge the impressions that we receive. We take in the feeling of it. All that comes under the category of to be mindful. It's not just placing your attention on something. That's a good start, but the full flowering of mindfulness is to receive, to take in, to enjoy, to sensitize, and to stay in this intelligent, 
relationship with what you're attending to. Fully breathing in, fully breathe, breathing out, letting the body, the basic body, be there. And in nothing else, we've learned something about how to operate the mind. <coughs> and as we all know, that mind easily catches in its own preoccupations and permutations of thought. Then there's a moment when we, reckon, we awaken to that, we recognize that. Oh. And then widen your attention. Attention widens, it tends to drop the object. Widen your attention. And then sharpening it towards the next out-breath. Pause. Stay exactly where you are with your thought. Pause. Widen and widen and widen your attention to the thought tends to lose its form and then sharpen towards the out, next out-breath.
just bear in mind that the breathing can be either the physical movement of the muscles and the tissues or the movement of the brushing of the air or the movement of energy these three strands and it's even just feeling how they operate together so you get fully uh, knowing of the entire breathing experience mm. this helps that they help to balance each other so we get just focus on the energy first that we can make you a little bit um, ungrounded or spacey or overactivated too much on the physical you can get a bit rigid and dense mm. on the air is fine but again it tends to, it has the effect of you get like the appearing at the breathing so you want to be able to open to so finding the blend and then how does it get to feel the whole exercise how does the whole thing get to feel more assured comfortable and recognizing just if we find that it will by itself it will change the forms will change by themselves things will subside things will become clearer forms are impermanent they change and we want changing for the better by putting in a very uh, wholesome and warm kind of attention
So as we shift our focus, and retention is always there as a as a fundamental quali- quality of mind. So widen the attention. Different things begin to be experienced: lights, shapes, forms, perceptions. Senses of increased space. Here it is, still breathing. As you presumably. How's that? And then feeling in your body. If it was a bit dull or stiff or stale, you know, flexing the spine. Just, you know, you keep stewardship over the whole whole domain. And then you think, well maybe time to do some standing or some walking. Um, so continue as you see fit. <laughs>